Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live and direct from the City of Angels, where uh, those of us who, I don't know anybody who didn't stay up and watch the game. It's one of those things. If you're in the if you're in the Pacific time zone, you didn't watch the World Series last night, I'm not sure we can be friends. I'm really not. Matter of fact, we're not going to be friends. If your excuse was I was watching the football game, eh. What an incredible sports weekend. I'm going to get to the World Series and uh, what I am absolutely, like, we are. I am not falling for the banana in the tailpipe again. We ain't gonna fall for no banana in the tailpipe. And I'm just not. Get to that in a moment. Things that the World Series, that the Seattle Houston game, I guess that the protests that, um, yeah, but those are the even the Cowboys Redskins game. Those things because they happened last, and because the baseball game was so stinking crazy. 
crazy. I'm not sure we'll have time to discuss. Jim McElwain's out as head coach of Florida. This is like a week removed from supposedly receiving death threats that he never apparently received. Wait, 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 there's more. Penn State completely and thoroughly dominates for three quarters Ohio State only to get super, super tight and get outscored 19-3 to in the fourth quarter and Ohio State wins in the shoe. That gets overshadowed. Um, we have a couple of debilitating injuries in the National Football League, one in which a player uh, is, ha- has been very dangerously close to losing his leg. That gets overshadowed because of what we had last night. Um, it will be called the greatest baseball game people have ever seen. Uh, I I don't know if I have the bandwidth to dis- to describe all the great games or whatever. It was ridiculous. But I have to point out that I am not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe again. Something is wrong. Last night, with all the home runs hit, with all the home runs hit, there have now been more home runs hit in this World Series than any World Series outside of the 2002 World Series. Now, though I don't have the bandwidth to discuss mid-1990s World Series when I was playing basketball in high school or playing basketball in college or playing basketball overseas, I do have the bandwidth to talk about 2002. Why is that, you say? Because that was won by my Angels. And it was against Barry Bonds who was on steroids. It was before testing. And oh yeah, by the way, it went seven games. This went five. It's gone five games. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm not accusing any specific angel, but go and look at the angels team picture and you're like, damn, those dudes were working out. And look at their years. And there's a, uh, there's a, um, there's a, an interesting number of <clears throat> career years with Angels who their careers fell off once they started testing in 03, after 03. Now, I do not believe that there is steroid use or massive steroid use in baseball. Two reasons. Maybe three. First is, there'd be such incredible damage to the American psyche if we finally fell back in love with the long ball only to be duped by players juicing again. Um, And I I do think Rob Manfred knows that. I think he knows that. And I think the players know that. Secondly, there's testing. And while you may say, look, there was testing when Lance Armstrong was doing what he was doing. There's testing when this guy and that guy. I know players in Major League Baseball who in – the last three months of the season were tested seven times, some for blood, some for urine. I believe the testing process to be legitimate. And third, though these guys appear to be big and strong, we don't have the freak shows we had back before there was steroid testing. So some of it's my eyes. Some of it's a sense of baseball can't sully uh, the reputation they've struggled to rebuild. And some of it is just the basics of, Hey, look, they really, really test in baseball. But there were more home runs than ever this year in the sport. 
And while you can tell me that they've just changed their swing path. Wait, 110 years of baseball and only now they've discovered, you know, if you change your swing path, all of a sudden balls just start flying out of the yard. I watched last night and Yasiel Puig, who hadn't been able to break wind with his with his swing, hits a home run that's on the outside part of the plate. He one-hands it and pulls it down the line to a home run. And I, some of it is that joke of a ballpark that they play in in Houston. It's a joke for a myriad of reasons. First of which, the dome only needs to be closed when it needs to be closed. And last night, it didn't need to be closed. Secondly, down the line in left field, come on, dude. In addition to having a, a train go through the place, right, you got people right on top. And then that one guy who stole the ball from his buddy's wife who caught a home run ball. The dome doesn't need to be closed. It's too tight down the line. And it's pretty obvious that once you get in the air to left field, it flies out. Yasiel Puig's home run tells the story. That is hooked down into the corner at the wall. It's gone. It is a one-run game. Two-run home run by Yasiel Puig. And it's 12-11 here in the ninth. I want to say this about Joe Buck. There are there are people that like to make a living on criticizing Joe Buck. You are all collective idiots. Idiots. Okay? You might not like Joe Buck. You you may be jealous of the fact that Joe Buck's dad was a great announcer, so that helped him get his foot in the door in being an announcer himself. But Joe Buck and John Smoltz were as good a broadcast team as there has ever been in a World Series ever last year. Ever last night. Ever. He is that good. And you know what? If I was that good, I might come across a little a little a little arrogant sometimes too. Because he delivered when needed on the goods. He was great. All right, back to that. I ain't falling for the banana tailpipe again. I remember being in college during the McGuire-Sosa deal, and everybody was just in love, right? And we're seeing them hit home runs. And my buddies, we were college athletes. We knew what creatine major body looked like. We knew what steroids and, and other stuff major bodies looked like. And we were like, yeah, no way. But everybody just kind of along for the ride. Hey, man, long balls, home runs. It's awesome. And then we realized it was all kind of a ruse. Human body is not capable of hitting those that number of home runs, that distance of home runs. You watched last night. I mean, look, look, the Clayton Kershaw thing is Clayton Manning was in full effect last night. He had a 4-0 lead. He was 101. 100 wins, one loss when his team had scored four runs of run support. He had a 4-0 lead and a 7-4 lead. So I'm not blaming the baseball, but I'm blaming the baseball. And I'm trying to ask myself, can I go along with the fact that it's an incredibly intriguing World Series, but it's not really baseball? Because it's pretty obvious that those balls are juiced. Dallas Keuchel, who pitches for the Astros, said as much. And when you watch the balls fly out of the yard at that sort of pace, with the, coming off those kind of bats, you're like, something ain't right. Something ain't right. I can still enjoy it. I can still say, these are the two best teams. But it's also ruining the reputation of Clayton Kershaw as much as Dave Roberts is ruining the reputation of Clayton Kershaw. Like, let him finish the damn inning. 
All right, you walk two guys. If he's really a competitor, let Clayton Kershaw nut up and get two guys out. Don't go to Kenton Maeda, who had a ball, who pitched a, who had a pitch that the ball didn't land yet. There is so much to get to with the game. So I guess here's the thing. I don't think, uh, well, no, I think, I think the balls are juiced. I think the balls are juiced. I think the balls are loaded. And I don't know how it comes to be, but this has been whispered throughout baseball circles all year. Something's up with the baseball. They feel different. They fly different. They are, in fact, different. Jose Canseco won Twitter last night. Did you guys see that? Jose Canseco, quote from his Twitter account, the balls in my pants have less juice in them than the balls in this game. Who would have thought Jose Canseco brings both levity and honesty to this? So I'm not trying to, to diminish the Astros. Like I, If the Astros don't win this thing, I'd be stunned. Not only did they win last night, they come back several times over and then gag away a three-run lead in the top of the ninth inning and still win it and get to Kenley Jansen again, which makes me look like a genius because I went to use Kenley Jansen in game one. I sure as hell went to use him on Saturday night when you didn't need him. You don't need to use him all the time. Well, it's just what we do. No, it'd be smarter than that. There's a lot to get to. The fact that this is a marathon, not a sprint, Dave Roberts completely forgot that. The fact that you always leave the hand, the ball in the hands of your competitive starting ace pitcher instead of a reliever. The fact that you can't always take a player's word for it. Brandon Morrow said he was ready. The only thing he was ready to do was turn around because he had six pitches. He gave up four runs. There's a lot to get to. I'm not trying to diminish the Astros. I'm telling you, though, if you don't think those balls are loaded, ask anybody in baseball or just open your damn eyes. Because I believe that going along with it is going like, no, they're just changing their swing path. That is to steal from Beverly Hills Cop. That's falling for the banana in the tailpipe again. And the Astros got Verlander going in game six. Oh. Who, by the way, the Dodgers could have had. They went after you, Darvish, instead. How you doing today, Ramos? I'm alive. Um, can you appreciate? Here's I guess here's the three question, the two questions I'm struggling with. Can you appreciate the game if you know the baseball is loaded? Can you appreciate the game considering your team lost and it was a devastating way to lose? Yes and yes. Yeah, I I'm all in on the Astros being a really really good team. I respect all baseball teams that are that go out there and compete, and the ball is flying out at a large margin. But more for the Astros. I think they have like 14 to 15 home runs. The Dodgers only have like five or six. Well, that, that's the, the crazy. I mean, this is just the craziest thing ever is if you look at last night's box score, the Astros only had 14 hits and scored 13 runs. Like, that's, that's insane. And I know they scored the final run on a single. By the way, Dave Roberts, hey, if you have a guy in left field who cannot throw a baseball, from short left field to home plate. You know you're allowed, not only you're allowed to substitute players in for defensive reasons, you're actually allowed to move them around the diamond. Your center fielder was playing second base. You can put Andre Ethier, a left-hander, at second base, considering you have the shift on. Hell, you can put him at first base. You can put him wherever the hell you want. You can't put him in the outfield if he can't throw it from left field, short left field, to home. I mean, look, I don't think A.J. Hinch is managing doing – I think he's awful. They're both not good. 
But Dave Roberts going like, oh, look, the spreadsheet said this is what we should do. Oh, and I like Dave Roberts, but man, was he awful last night. Awful. So we'll take some of your calls throughout the show, 877-99-FOX. Ramos, music, Dan Beyer, who loves, knows a ton about baseball. And uh, Dan, of course, hosts the Fantasy Show, which um, uh, is on Sunday mornings. Does a great job. We'll, we'll, we'll dive in. We'll talk about all the little intricacies of base because it was incredible. It was an incredible game. I could not go to sleep even afterwards. I was so energized by it. The fact that a guy named Derek Fisher scored the winning run is, of course, Derek Fisher always scores the winning run or always hits the winning shot. Ran like Matt Barnes was chasing him. Was incredible. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's uh, welcome in former Brave star and four-time All-Star Tim Hudson, who joins the show here on Fox Sports Radio, fresh off an incredible night in Major League Baseball. And, Timmy, I don't want to pollute the waters in your mind. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on what you saw. Game 5 in Houston, Huddy. When I say Game 5, as somebody who has won a World Series, as somebody who has been a part of some of the great teams in baseball, what's your reaction? I'm gonna tell you what, man. That was that was an unbelievable game last night. Um, you know, Kershaw and Keiko going head to head. You know, who'd ever thought that the score would have ended up 13 to 12? But um, you know what? What a tremendous series this has been. I mean, it's been it's been so entertaining for the fans, and um, for me, having teammates on both teams, it's just uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and, and I'm excited that. Um, you know, some of my former teams are going to win a World Series. I don't know which one it's going to be. Um, you know, I think obviously, I think now the, you know, the advantage may 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 sway towards Houston, especially with Verlander on the mound uh, next game. So it's exciting, man. I'm, it's it's a it's a heck of a series. No, it's it's incredible. Um, oh, look, I I believe, I truly, honestly believe the players are not juiced. Okay, I believe it because I have friends that are like, look, dude, I was tested seven times. They test my blood. (laughs) They test my urine. I believe the players aren't juiced. All right, so let's take that off the table. You have Uh the bats or you have the balls. Uh, Something's amiss because, like, like, look, I know Yasiel Puig's strong, but he takes a a pitch over the outside part of the plate and one-hands it to left field. And and I know that's a little bit of a short porch, and there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a launching pad effect or whatever. But come on, man! There's just too many home runs this year to not think that something's up either with the bats or the balls. What what's the what? Where are you in the the balls are loaded camp? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't I can't say one way or another. I I do know this. I I, I, can, <clears throat> I can tell you that players are a lot stronger. And I know hitters are, are a lot better than they were, you know, five, you know, ten, even five years ago. Um, you know, <clears throat> my last few years in baseball, you know, just looking over in the other dugout and seeing how young these guys were, but but not only seeing how young they were, but how how polished they were as hitters. You know, the approach that they had, um, you know, the discipline that they had at the plate. I just I, honestly, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't speak to the baseballs or the bats. Um, but I do know that the game is more challenging for pitchers. Um, you know, but, but having said that, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think good pitching is still going to beat good hitting just because if you have a front-line guy up there on the plate, at, on the mound, and he's making his pitches and he's rested and he's feeling strong, um, 
you know, he's gonna he's gonna dominate a ball game. You know, you get a Clayton Kershaw up there with, uh, you know, where where he's feeling strong and making his stuff. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna dominate a lineup. But having said that, you know, if you have pitching that's going out there and they're a little more fatigued. Um, you know, the velocity's, you know, a tick or two down. Their location's not quite what it is whenever they're feeling fresh and, and, and 100%. Then I think the hitters, you know, they can they have the ability to take advantage of something like that. And I think that might be what we're seeing right now. Huddy joining us, uh, Tim Hudson, of course, uh, 222 wins as, uh, as a four-time All-Star World Series champion. Remember, he's the NL Comeback Player of the Year back in uh, 2010. Tim Hudson joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio, let's get into Kershaw. Um, yeah. He had he had changed some of the narrative of him as a postseason pitcher against the Mets going back uh, was at the last year, two years ago, uh, and mm-hmm. then of course uh, game one he was spectacular. He had a four nothing lead with a four run lead. Clayton Kershaw it was a hundred. And one coming in last night had a four nothing lead. Already right, the four nothing lead didn't stand up. Then he has a seven to four lead, and he walks the first two batters, steps aside, and Maeda gives up gives up a three run home run. Uh, in your mind, what's gone wrong for what went wrong for Clayton Kershaw last night? You know, it's hard to say. I know that you know when it was four to nothing, I thought the ball game was over. Uh, honestly, I mean, I just thought that he he looked really sharp up to that point and was feeling like he was on top of his game. And, you know, he just gave the the Houston lineup just a little bit of a, you know, he cracked the door open for him just a little bit and, and, and let him back in the ball game just a touch. They started feeling a little more confident at the plate. And then, obviously, the one inning when he came out there was at the fourth inning when he came out and walked the first two guys. Um, you know, that yep. for me, that was – you know that was kind of the, the 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 backbreaker a little bit in that inning because, you know that got Kershaw out of the ball game and and, and I can promise you there's not a guy in that locker in in that, in that dugout in Houston that when they saw that manager go out there to the mound to take Clayton Kershaw out of the ball game that they wasn't like all right you know I don't care who you bring in out of that bullpen he's not going to be as good as Clayton Kershaw. Okay, so that that leads but, us that that leads us to to, to Roberts Dave Roberts. Yeah. Uh, look, mm-hmm. his bullpen is gassed. There's no question there. Yeah. He said Brandon Morrow picked up the phone and and told them if we have the lead back I'm ready I can pitch you clearly didn't have anything in the tank last night but yeah. you know like look do you in your mind is it a, was yeah. it a mistake to take out Kershaw who did walk two but pitch count was under 100 and yeah. your options are Kenton Maeda who had pitched well but didn't have gas yeah. in the tank in your mind was that a mistake well, you know, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. But you know what? As a manager, you can only you can only go by what your what your players are telling you. You know, if you have you know bullpen guys that are telling you they're rested, they're ready to go, give me the ball, coach. And you know, you have your guy, your starter out there that seems to be struggling, starting to struggle just a touch, and you see that that lineup starting to get some little better swings on them. You know, of course, you know as a manager, you're gonna you're gonna think, hope, and think that whoever you bring in on that bullpen is gonna be. You know, going to be an improvement from what you have, but you know, I don't know, man. I, I'm just uh, call me old school or what, but I just feel like, man, you, you know, your, your guys in your starting rotation, they're, they're starters for a reason. Yep. They're starters because they're they're supposed to be the five of the best pitchers you have on your team. And you know, if I have a guy like Clayton Kershaw or Madison Bumgarner or you know John Smoltz or whoever, you know, if they're out there on the mound and you know they tell me that they're good to go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna trust my. I'm gonna trust my horse as, as long as I can, and um, you know it, it should be. You know, taking the ball out of Clayton Kershaw's hands should be one of those where it's just like, 
Uh, it's kind of a last resort sort of thing, in yeah. my in my opinion. But um, but you know what? Like I said, man, you can only go by what your bullpen guys are telling you. And and uh, you know they thought that they had some guys in the point in the bullpen ready to go out there and, and make some pitches and get some outs. And you know it just it wasn't the case. Um, you know Maeda came in and gave up the you know the the big homer right there that got them back in that ball game. And you know once they once they hit that homer and that stadium went crazy and that dugout went nuts. I mean, it was it was talking about a, a switch of momentum. It was it was something that the Dodgers just couldn't rebound from. No, it was pretty pretty amazing. Tim Hudson joining us in Doug Outlip Show. Be- best game you've ever played. Best game you've ever been a part of. Like I, this game I was a part of. This is the best game I've ever been a part. Of. Do you remember? Uh, what team I've played? I've played on that I thought was the best. No, 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 no. The best game, like just individual, like uh, you. you oh, have... the best game that I've that I've been a part of. Yeah. Gosh, you know what? Um, you know, one of them. It's it, it hard. To, it, it's hard to say, but I think you know, in, in Oakland, when we won our twentieth ball game in a row, sure, uh, against Kansas City. Um, you know, that was one of those games where we had a big lead and we blew it late in the game. And we had a dramatic win uh, to win our 20th game in a row was was one that's that's always seems really special for me just being a part of that. Oh, no, of course, uh, and we saw that in uh, in the movie uh, that of course uh, talked about uh, that team and how uh, baseball has has changed based upon sabermetrics. Tim Hudson joining us, four-time All-Star, comeback player of the year, won a World Series as well, joining us. Um, you are partnering with Affleck, you your wife Kim partnering with Affleck to fight. Not just childhood cancer, but also uh, blood. The help their blood disorder center, the Affleck Blood Disorder Center. Uh, take yeah. me through this partnership. Yeah, well, you know, we got traded to Atlanta in 2005, and we 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 partnered up with with um, Affleck Cancer Center and Children's Healthcare of Atlanta up here in Atlanta, and it's been, you know, it's been an unbelievable marriage for us. Um, you know, up to now, you've been able to do some really cool things, and. Um, you know, I'm just blessed to, to have a platform to be able to do some some good things like this in the community. And um, you know, what a, what a great organization to be a part of the the, the Affleck Cancer Center. They they've done amazing things here in Atlanta, and just being able to be a part of it is is truly a blessing. Um, you know, been able to to raise a you know, to donate over $119 million, you know, for treatment research, you know, since 1995. So, you know, the Affleck Cancer Center has been, been truly committed to, to trying to make a difference in these children's lives for sure. Yeah, no, and it's it's incredible. You can go uh, you go to Twitter, do hashtag DuckPrince, and uh, $2 for any tweet using that hashtag donated by Twitter. Okay, $2 if you go to Facebook, again, hashtag DuckPrince. Uh, YouTube, you go to Duck Prince videos on YouTube and hashtag Duck Prince on Instagram or go to AfflacDuckPrince.com. Uh, Tim, this work that you and your wife, I know you guys are uh, college sweethearts. I'm a, my, my wife and I are college sweethearts from Oklahoma State. You guys met at Auburn. This is great stuff yeah. you're doing, and I really appreciate your perspective on what was an incredible night and it's been an incredible series for baseball. It has been, you know, and I could like to encourage everyone if they could go to AfflecChildhoodCancer.org and check out, you know, exactly what what they do here. It's it's truly amazing. Huddy, thanks so much for joining us, man. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We welcome in a two-time Pro Bowler, a pinnated former running back of the Carolina Panthers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's D'Angelo Williams. He joins us only here. On the Doug Gottlieb show, and uh, uh, boy, D'Angelo, I was, I'm looking around, and uh, the the team that I just, I think everybody had a high hopes for, and you warned me a little bit before the season, and I, I agree with the idea they won so many close games, but but the Oakland Raiders only scoring 14 points, 
uh, unable to maybe the maybe it's we should be celebrating the Bills, but my disappointing team of the weekend is the Raiders. Who's yours? My disappointing team is the Miami Dolphins. I I can't believe a team can play that bad. Like I I'm still trying to figure out like what they're doing because this team last year was so phenomenal because they took the get they took the game plan from the Cowboys where we're not going to force our quarterback to try to win games, but we're going to let our running game keep us in the game and eventually help us win games. But they're not even handing the ball to a Jayer anymore. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. Like, why would Matt Moore been the quarterback? You've lost, um, you know, Jay Cutler. We don't know when Jay Cutler is going to be back. I, my honest opinion, didn't think Jay Cutler was the man for the job to begin with. But then you have that beast as a running back, set all type of records last year with 200 games back-to-back-to-back, and then this year. Like, where is he? Like, are you going to unleash him? You're throwing all these interceptions. I mean, Baltimore defense outscored Miami's offense. I'm going to say that again. No, no, no. It's like Miami just came out flat. uh, They were were awful. I mean, simply awful. It's... It's hard, to, you know. I guess my problem is it's back to Thursday. I almost deleted that from my memory because it was such a bad game. I didn't. Uh, I didn't Dude, want to watch it. It's so bad. They scored. Baltimore scored twenty-one points. Baltimore scored twenty-one points on defense. The offense didn't score many points for Baltimore, and everybody was all pissed off about the Kiko Alonso hit on uh, uh, Joe Flacco. Flacco, yeah, as if that determined the outcome of the game. Granted, I, I'm a firm believer that it wasn't a dirty hit because defenders have to protect themselves because these quarterback nowadays, and they run, they want to get the lower the shoulder and put these defenders on all type of uh, social media uh, memes and stuff of that nature. So I get why Kiko went low. I mean, he didn't know that he was going to slide. He was protecting himself from the scrutiny of what it is the NFL uh, has provided for so many defenders that get ran over. Yeah, but can't they? Can't you but go? Can't, can't you go low while staying on your feet? I think that my issue would be more launching yourself, you know, to die, especially because remember Kiko, like a quarter before, had dealt, what's the tight end for the Ravens who who hurled him right. So this is kind of Kiko's thing. Right. Is he goes and he just he goes and launches himself at your legs, which I agree is is not technically uh, dirty, but. You're supposed to stay on your feet, and and his big mistake is he's diving at people's legs. No, right. Well, he's not the only one that does that, though. The linebacker out of the Kansas City Chiefs is notorious for that. Fifty-six uh, Johnson. Yeah. He does it all the time. That's how he makes all of his tackles. He never like hits you high and wrap you up. He always at your leg. The difference is he doesn't get the the scrutiny that Kiko does because Kiko is we know he's known for it. But a lot of people don't necessarily believe that he's known for like Johnson is. So it's it's just it's so odd when people like when you're labeled as that type of guy, you can get away with it. But when you're not labeled as that type of guy, then it's an issue, especially when you hurt somebody. Uh, it just it all goes back to had Flacco just got up, it has just been a normal play. Same thing with the uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. He gets up, that's just a normal play. But because there was some level of vulnerability and he got hurt then it's an issue. D'Angelo Williams joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What the hell was Travis Benjamin doing? I'm like, look, I know you're trying to make a play and he's a home run hitter, but to get the ball 
inside the 10, which is a no-no. Ball's going out of bounds. You try and, and then to run backwards and to get a safety, like you got to have a little bit more spatial awareness, don't you, to, to make that, don't you? <laughs> where, where did he play football at? The U? No, I'm talking about where did he go to, where, where did he play before he got to where he is right now? Cleveland Browns. Right. Have they ever won anything there? No, but I mean, like, look, he's not a he. We we're not preach, a, he's not preaching, a dope. He's a, he's a great return man. Like, I mean, this is football. One of like he's a he's a great he's a great return man because you say he's a great return man. He returned one this year. Okay, fine, good good job. He's only returned one in the last what three or four years. I think he has more than that, don't he? He's got a couple. I mean, he's look on. He's a, look. He's a home run. He's a he's a deep threat. He's a guy. If you give him a crease, he can really really run. But I mean, that's that's kind of basic football thing. And that that severely uh, that was that cut out their knees. They were playing pretty well. They got in a stop, and now all of a sudden yes. it was two points. And then the Patriots get that's five point swing. That ends up being essentially the difference in the game. Yeah, I I don't know what some of these guys think. I. I I'll give you a case in point, and I don't mean to change the subject, but so Switzer from the Cowboys, yep. they kick it off. He was expecting – they was expecting an onside kick. He didn't have any blockers. He catches the ball. He runs to about the 15-yard line, then he takes a knee. The commentators were – like, they were so pissed that this guy take it, that, he, that he took a knee. They're like, what is he doing? Why would you want to start at the 15? Why don't you fight for the SCR to get to the 20? And then the special team coach is going off on him on the sideline. And I'm thinking from a player's perspective, if I'm down and this is going to be the game-winning drive, I don't want to be the guy that makes the mistake. And I know that nobody's blocking for me because they thought it was an onside kick. Right. So my chances of coughing the ball up as a player goes up exponentially because I don't have the blockers that I otherwise would have had on a regular kickoff return. So he played the smart move, business decision, but you can't make business decisions as a rookie. And I've said this since day zero, is it's easy to be tough with another man's body. So, hey, get in there and take that hit. Whoa, whoa, whoa now. Like, are we playing smart football or are we playing just reckless and abandoned because we have an opportunity to win this football game? Now, Travis Benjamin, on the other hand, I I have no words for him. Like, I I don't understand in that situation when you got Phillip Rivers tossing the rock around the way he's tossing the rock around to put him in that situation. Like it was just, it was, it was interesting, especially when they haven't beaten the Patriots in like eons. All right. uh, Help me out with this. The Houston Texans taking a knee. They're clearly frustrated at what their owner, Bob McNair said. And what I said on Friday was like, look, you know, I know you can personalize it, but this is an idiom that, Everybody that I know seems to know, right? The inmates can't run the asylum. Inmates can't run the prison. And within the context of a private conversation, Troy Vincent obviously didn't take it in the way which intended to apologize for it. It comes out, and dudes freak out over it. I mean, really freak out over it. Uh, Deshaun Watson left the facility, only to then come back. They take a knee and protest during the flag, which, I, I mean, that's a you had to know what was going on to, to understand the protest as a former player, what's your takeaway from what Bob McNair said? I I really, honestly and truly respect Bob McNair for saying what he said. Uh, because in actuality, all the owners feel the same way. we got to make sure that we control the product. Don't let the product control us. 
totally understand that. I get that. That's what that's been the issue or the problem since uh, inception of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. The only problem that I have now with the protests is, is that they've gotten away from the initial start of the protest. So now if anybody in the NFL does or says anything that players don't like, they just take a knee, which it, it, it completely takes away from what the knee initially stood for when he took it about social injustice. Now it's, it's uh, against Trump. Now it's against Bob McNair. Now it's against anything that uh, we deem uh, not like, uh, right. As opposed to just saying, hey, you know, I, I like the fact that the players left the facility. They should have just left it at that. Hey, my protest is, is I don't like the fact that our owner said what he said. We have that right to do that. And we also have the right to the consequences that uh, we have to serve based on what he do, uh, what he does, because he ultimately does sign our 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 paycheck. So yes, I'll 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 give you thirty thousand dollars. I'm gonna walk out and I'm gonna show you that I didn't agree with what you said. Now I can understand that, but the whole taking the knee, it's just that's not that's not what this protest is about. Like now you're taking you're taking this protest to a whole nother level. Now it's it's. It's completely different. It's not about social injustice. It's not about it's just you pissed off at what uh, he said. Now you have people saying, you know, he has freedom of speech. Players don't have freedom of speech. You take a knee. Like if you if you're for one and not for the other one, that means one affects you more than the other, because both of them exhibit freedom of speech. So you have to be all or nothing. Like yes, it's okay for Bob to say what he said, and it's also okay for the players to take a knee. But at the same time, I've told people time and time again that this is not one of those things where you take the court and you went like the 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 jury and the trial and the 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 verdict will all be read by the public based on ticket sales, uh, showing up for games. Uh, they'll make that decision on whether or not they agree or disagree with what Bob said. So it's not a, it's not up for debate within communities or homes to say, hey. You know, what you think about that? What you think the, the punishment should be? Well, the punishment shouldn't be anything because he has that freedom of speech. Right. Doesn't matter what, how he said it or where he said it or when he said it, he said it. He meant every bit of it. I was just pissed off that he apologized. Don't apologize for something that you said. Well, if I, I say something on so, If I say something on social media, if I say something to you, Doug, if I say something to anybody and it hurts your feelings, if it hurts your feelings, on what I said, then that's on you. But if you took what I said the wrong way, then I'll help you understand what I meant by it without having to apologize to you because you obviously took it the wrong way. But I'm not going to apologize for something that I said because I said it, that means I meant it. Yeah, but, that, but again, that, that doesn't – you're you're not wrong, but that just doesn't – it's not the – the world in which we live in, people take things the wrong way, and they demand that you immediately apologize, which, by the way, he already had apologized in person, and then he is forced to apologize again. And no, you, that, you that's think not, I don't know that? I mean, no, no, I, I know you do, but, but, but we're dealing – like, look, man, we've both been in locker rooms a whole lot. Like, like guys don't – What's what's weird to me is most athletes I know, because of how you bust chops with other dudes in the locker room, 
You don't take. You're not ultra sensitive. You're not super. You, you no. don't over. You don't overreact to things. But it feels like everything is so heightened now that when you when you hear something, you automatically go to the negative, and guys are frankly overreacting to something instead of taking a breath. Wait, what do you mean by that? Oh, okay. You mean the players can't decide all the future of the business, which is the team, and 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 hearing people out instead. We just we all overreact and demand an immediate apology, and even that appears to not be enough. Well, Doug, you also have to understand this too. Like, let's not let's not be uh, let's not be naive, naive to what's going on in the world today. Like social. The social climate right now, anything that remotely resembles racism or prejudice will be pushed to the forefront. No question. No so question. But, but sometimes you careful. But, but people assume racism when sometimes it doesn't exist, right? Like within the context I, I, of a discussion. I'll give you, Go ahead. I, I'll give you a case in point, uh, Doug, and maybe this will help you understand what I'm saying and, and help the listeners understand what I'm saying. So uh, my battle has always been with breast cancer and stepping out cancer and things of that nature, right? I had a local reporter here in Charlotte uh, many moons ago say that the reason why I don't have a job is because I'm a cancer in the locker room. Would you not say that based on what I just told you and what my cause is, it's him saying that, uh, should that – that that wouldn't affect you like that. Well, my my, my no, my dad died, my my dad died of cancer, but I have not done the amount of well, of. But you get, I, I, but you but I remember saying, I though. remember the pink hair. I know I know about your mom. I know all the, those things. So I think it's a right. poor choice of so words. Were, I think it's a poor choice right. of words. But I don't. Right. I, it was a very poor. It's a very poor choice of words. So because it was a poor choice of word words, like I I, I honestly don't think he should be punished for it. Uh, from an internal perspective, but I do believe that the public, uh, the way that they react is they react by either showing up for the games or don't show up for the games. Right. Or don't buy jerseys. They'll be the ones that that push judgment or push punishment on Bob uh, McNair. And, I mean, it's going to come all at the at the expense of the players. Yep. Because, I- hey, I'm not buying jerseys now. I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. So it ultimately is going to affect everybody in that building. All I'm saying is, is it was a horrible choice of words, but he meant what he said in terms of not letting the inmates run the prison. Do you think he meant it in a racial way? I, see, I, I don't know how he meant it because it, 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 I don't know the context. I don't know Bob McNair personally. So I, I have no idea. But given the situation, and given the social climate and the atmosphere that we're living in today, he should have been very conscious of what was going on and what flew out of his mouth. Because I reached out to that reporter that said I was a cancer, and I said, hey, man, you know, I, I can find this article very disrespectful because of what I, I didn't go out. I just told him, I said, and he went in and he changed that word. He said, man, I wasn't even thinking when I wrote that article. Correct. And this is a Carolina beat writer. That's been with me for nine years no, and wrote articles on me fighting cancer. No, I know, but but sometimes sometimes you don't yeah. think. Sometimes sometimes you brain fart. You don't even think about it. So I. Uh, right. it, so so if you brain so if you brain fart, you don't think you should be punished for it, like in any way because you had a brain fart and this, because you. I I think I, I think what's you, going I, on in the social world. I don't know. I mean, like it's a really common expression. I mean, inmates run the asylum, and inmates run the prison, whatever. It's really, com- I don't know. It's a really common you do, expression. You do realize there's a lot of there's a lot of common expressions. Like if you, if 
if you were to come out and say, you know, you got to call a spade a spade, you don't think that that expression right there means something a whole lot different than what you meant? No. I think you get it's what a, I'm saying? It's a social I, climate. No, no, no. I, I, under, I understand the social climate. I think the social climate is way over, way oversensitive, way overly sensitive to it. Oh, like that's a, 100%. 100%. Okay. And, and to where you go, like, because you could have said the tail wags the dog. Are you calling us dogs now? Like, no, that's not. You know, it's yeah, like, there, I mean, like, look, you said that wouldn't have been taken. I, I, I completely agree, but I also don't think it's to the point where you want to walk out of the facility and essentially look with Dwayne, Dwayne Brown, just called him a racist. That's what he said. Well, you know what it was like he, he, without, without offering up that he thought he was a racist. And, and of course, which allows those of us that way, it was Dwayne, Dwayne Brown really think this, or does he think this? Cause he didn't get the money that he wanted when he held out. Like, I don't know. We don't know all these things, yeah, but, but I think assuming racism, see, I, just because of a guy says a very common idiom, I think is a really, really dangerous way to, to, to and a really hard way to look your li- uh, to live your life. But if that if that if that idiom fits you, then then is it an idiom or is, is he really saying what he it, he meant to say? Because hear me out when I say this. So calling us inmates from Bob McNair. A lot of people that's on the outside looking in, fans, fans of other teams, with the rash of uh, incidents that we have in the offseason, I never took it as a racial thing. I just took it as him saying that because we get into trouble on our own time, like and we have a rash of lockups and and brushes with the law that we were inmates from that perspective. Yeah, Black, white, green, orange, yellow. D, we got to go. Uh, but I, I just I looked at it as employees can't determine the future of the business, and once you once you do that without knowing all the different things in the in the business landscape that are affecting the NFL's uh, bottom line, I, I think that's how you got to make decisions. That's how I took I take him as a businessman, but I don't know I don't know enough about him. I don't know you know right. That's what I'm saying. I I, I don't know enough about him either. So with us not knowing enough about him like it's, it's tough yep. for us to say but if he came out and he said something otherwise like yeah or you knew his past and he had some racial issues in the past does it change what you your perception of him about this idiom that he used maybe i don't know d'angelo great stuff as always we appreciate you joining us yeah. on fox sports radio thanks man thanks for having me All right, as d'angelo williams join us be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And now. What does the Fox say? All right, uh, Nick Wright uh, clearly watched one football game yesterday. He Actually, Nick used to do radio in Houston, so he's more invested in Houston than other places. And it was a great game against Seattle where they lost to the Seahawks and Russell Wilson led a comeback for the Hawks. Here's his take. If the whole league were free agents, if everyone, if there's an expansion draft, NFL folds, new league, those two guys right there are your first and your second pick of everyone. That's no disrespect to my man Aaron Rodgers, but he's 34 years old. He's injured for the season. Russell Wilson, never injured for the year. Deshaun Watson plays his biggest and best, it seems, in his biggest and best moments. Those, to me, are the two biggest assets in football. Did did Carson Wentz get hit by a train? Uh, I wasn't. And and because Russell Wilson has not been hurt yet, suddenly, somehow, that means that Aaron Rodgers is, Aaron Rodgers is just the best quarterback we've seen in football, like, three weeks ago. We're like, oh, that's the best quarterback I've ever seen, which is what I said, actually, in the offseason. 
and it remains the same. Um, I, I think it's interesting how quickly we've decided that Dak Prescott isn't that good. I, I like Deshaun Watson. I think what they're able to do with him as a rookie is fantastic. But he did have three picks yesterday, did he not? Yeah, and he, we have a small sample size yet. So while I'm all for kind of the next generation of guy, I think Derek Carr is right there. I think Carson Wentz is right there. I still think, look, I watched Tom Brady yesterday and in a clean pocket. I know he's ancient and you might, but like, dude, Tom Brady's still an incredible quarterback. I don't know if either of those guys will ever be Tom Brady, and neither of them as of now are Aaron Rodgers. And oh yeah, by the way, we have a limited sample size on uh, on Deshaun Watson. He's running a college offense. This is what RG3 did. There's some similar... Tebow took the league by storm. Vince Young took the league. Scott Mitchell took the league by storm. I think D'Angelo, uh, that Deshaun is different. I really do. I think he's different. But I won't know until I have about a year and a half or two years of data in order to make that decision. So it sounds really good, but I don't think anybody's taken either of the two ahead of Aaron Rodgers. And frankly, I don't think either's taken him ahead of Carson Wentz. And that's just two of the many to get to. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.